We're now two months into the 2015 MLS season, and we're starting to see the cream rise to the top. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me is Ivis Galarsip, who survived his trip to Montreal. Ivis, what's up, man? Uh, nothing much, Garrett. It was uh, that seems like so long ago already uh, since I came back from there. But uh, yeah, no, it was a good time. We uh, good trip up there. Uh, crazy, crazy game. The Champions League final, Concacaf Champions League final. Uh, we'll touch on that a little bit later in the show, but mm-hmm. I gotta say, you know, it, it was a pretty good first trip. Uh, you know, we didn't get too crazy up there. We had we had a lot of work to do, but uh, hopefully, I get back up there this summer. How was um, so? Overall, I mean, did you get to explore the city at all, or were you so busy you didn't get to do anything? Uh, walked around a bit. Had 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 some good meals. We 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 definitely hit some. Of some course, good spots of course, there. you had good meals. That that's the key uh, to any trip. We, we, right. I mean, we didn't <laughs> like we didn't hit the club or anything. I mean, we, you know, other than that. Uh, it's pretty good. It's it seems like a pretty chill city. It has uh, has a, good, a per- certain personality to it. Um, obviously, it's it's you know you're in Canada, but then there is kind of that European feel to it. Uh, and it was a nice. It, the, the great thing is that the weather was nice, so you know people were out. Um, so it was good. It was good. I, I plan to get up there again. Hopefully, uh, hopefully this summer. Did you get to practice your French? Just not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> maybe a couple of words, baby. A couple of words. How many? They know, how, they how, know English. how many words? I know, but you know, it's anytime you go anywhere, people always forget to speak English at the most convenient time. You know that. Nah, they were good. They were good. Yeah. I, I had no problems. Huh. That's not too bad. Well, good. I was, I'm, I'm glad you survived your trip, man. You know, going going you know going out of the country is always, always dangerous, no matter where you go. <laughs> For who, man? I think that <laughs> I've been to worse places in Montreal, but it was good. It was good. Yeah, I, I would recommend I would recommend Montreal to any to anybody. Good. Well, we will um, we'll we'll talk about the Concacaf Champions League result, uh, Club America, a little bit later in the show. But I guess let's uh, dive right into it. Major League Soccer Week Nine is in the books. We're now starting to see some separation between between the teams. Uh, this past weekend, you were actually at this match. Seattle went in and defeated NYCFC three to one. Uh, Clint Dempsey and uh, Obafemi Martins continue to impress, and uh, Ivan Seattle's on a three-game winning streak right now. Things are starting to roll for them, right? I mean, I, I say, I'll tell you what, and, and it, I think it goes for almost across the across the board for the the teams that were supposed to be the top dogs coming into the season. I feel like the cream is starting to rise to the top. Uh, you're seeing these teams that came into the year people expected them to do well are starting to do well. Uh, whether, whether you want to talk about New England, Seattle. Um, I think uh, Toronto FC obviously is a team that that people had high hopes for, and, and now they they're starting to flip a switch. Uh, it's good to see you know the good teams c- kind of start to play well and, and raise the level of the league overall. We we had some pretty forgettable weeks in uh, in the early going, uh, no doubt no doubt about that. But mm-hmm. as far as Seattle, I mean they're there for me. They right now they they're looking they're looking like that team that that people thought. Could be the best in the league and could could definitely go for a uh, push for an MLS Cup in 2015. We're obviously in early May, but just looking at them at Yankee Stadium against uh, an injury hit and struggling NYCFC team, uh, they were they, it was just they were just on a different level. I mean, I know NYCFC had some chances, but overall, I, I don't think Seattle was ever that troubled. I mean, when you're watching NYCFC, Ivis, and you've seen the last couple of weeks, uh, I mean, what are you seeing that kind of is the result of, of this team that's kind of struggling? I mean, is it the expansion side? And Jason Christ did say that he's realized that it has been a little bit difficult, more difficult than he thought. But, I mean, is, is Frank Lampard going to be the question when he eventually does get here, or are they having some bigger issues that, that we're not seeing? I don't think him by himself. I don't think he's going to be just the answer. Let's not forget now, they've had injuries. They've had, they've had quite a few injuries. 
Um, and the thing is, with an expand, when you have an expansion team, you're just not going to have that depth um, that other teams can have. So once you start getting some injuries, it's easy to get exposed, and and that lack of depth shines through. And then when you're missing David Villa, your star player, your star forward, your goal scorer, I mean, that's a big, you know, that's having one arm tied behind your back right there. So uh, I think that a lot's worked against them. But at the same time, I feel like the style of play that they're trying to play, you can get a sense that this can be a good team. This can be, you know, once they get Villa healthy, once they get Lampard in, I think they're going to be a better team. They're going to be a different team. Uh, and, you know, right now you look at their their record and you're like, oh, man, this is a horrible team. That's it. But if you haven't watched them, but if you watch them play, um, you know, it, it's not that far away. I mean, finishing has been an issue for them, obviously. Without Villa, their other forwards just have not stepped it up, uh, whether it's Patrick Mullins, Kyrie Shelton. Obviously, younger guys who you know it's probably asking a lot for them to 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 carry the load. But at the same time, that's their opportunity, and they haven't taken it. Um, but I, like I said, once I think those guys are in, uh, once V is healthy, uh, and once Lampard is back, I think they're going to be a different team. The question is, how are, will they be still close enough to the pack to to, to grab a playoff spot? Because I think for me, the second half, and I said it before the season, mm-hmm. second half of the season, NYCFC is going to be a strong, it's going to be a tough team to deal with. But the question is, how deep will the hole be that they have dug themselves into? I know it's early in the season, but uh, is uh, Obafemi Martins the leader for the MVP right now? Uh, I got to think about that one. I mean, he he's had a couple of good weeks, but it's not it's not all about just a couple of good weeks. You have to look at the body of work, the nine weeks of the season, and and uh, he's in the combo for sure. But uh, I mean, uh, I, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna do my quarter poll. Uh, MLS awards piece for uh, for gold.com for tomorrow so uh, anyone anyone who wants to know my quarter pole MVP pick uh, you can read that tomorrow quarter pole pick have you ever done that before uh, I don't know I probably I'm sure it's not it's not the most uh, <laughs> random out there idea I mean it's a, we're one four it's crazy when you think about it I know a quarter a quarter of the season has already gone by and it doesn't even feel like it and part of that I think is because uh, there's a preseason feel to the, some of the early weeks. Obviously, um, the quality was not great. Uh, the, the, that first month of the season, it was pretty bad. Um, but I think teams are starting to warm up and starting to you're starting to see that improvement across the board uh, of quality. Uh, and you know, it, it, we'll, we'll see. The summer, obviously, you get you get into the once things start to heat up, uh, and then teams have to deal with the the, the warm weather. Uh, that'll change things up a bit as well. But I think now May. And, and June, we're gonna, you're going to really get a sense of who the teams are that really are the teams to beat. And I'd say, I was, I, I got to add this. I do think it was funny that you know you have some people who kind of uh, aren't so sure who the who the good teams are because of the way the early season has gone. And I don't know if I agree with that because I mean I think you can tell who the good teams are. I think it's I think pretty you obvious. Get, I think it's pretty clear who the good teams are. Uh, there, there's some question marks in terms of how good a team's going to be or how bad, but. The cream is, has risen, you know what I mean, for the most part. I mean, or has begun to rise. I think Seattle's obviously won. New England's won. D.C., uh, you know, I know I know, not, every, not, not, not everyone was as high on them, but I thought they were going to be a good team. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I think I had the Wait, Are you sure of that, though? Because remember, a few weeks ago, you weren't exactly sure to put them in that elite status yet. I wasn't. But you know what? It, I, this is what I'll say. They're, they're a good team. They get the most out of what they have. Are they going to win a title? I'm still not there. Even though they're playing great, even though they're off to the best start of their 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 the issue their their storied club, I'm still not sold to win a title. Having said that, right now they they're looking really tough. They beat they beat a, a really good Columbus team and and handled them pretty pretty easily. 
Uh, so you do that, you beat a Vancouver, you, you know, you're, 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 you're impressing people. They're impressing, they've impressed me. So I, I don't want to make it sound like I, I, I think they're a bad team. They're a good team. Ben Olsen done a great job. Um, but for me, like Seattle's on that level, uh, New England. I mean, that, those are okay, my picks you're, for you're talk, Okay. The top level, Seattle, LA, New England. Yes. Yes. Okay. Your next level pushing that top level, I would say is DC underneath them. Then I would say New York, Columbus, and underneath them, Vancouver. I think Vancouver's in that second group. I would put Vancouver in that second group. Mm, I mean, I know they started know, to fade a bit. Yeah. But look at the Red Bulls. I mean, the Red Bulls, they, they have one win in five. You know, I know they only have the one loss, and I know that loss came against uh, – it, it came against a very tough Revs team, and it also came with Jesse Marsh sitting uh, quite a few guys. Uh, and I always find that interesting when, when coaches do that, and you see that in MLS so often. Where you get these matchups, uh, where it's like two good teams are playing, and then one of the coaches decides, you know what, my guys need a rest. Let me let me rest some of my key guys and give some of my younger guys an opportunity against a tough team. And while you understand it on one level, on another level, it's like where, where else do you see that? I mean, I, I think about that. I mean, do you, do you, I mean, I can't think of a top league in this maybe world. the NBA from time to time. I'm Maybe. talking about soccer. We're talking soccer. Soccer. It's, uh, it's, it's, NBA is 82 games, right? I mean, you, you got true. enough games. I mean, but I just feel like, you know, the other than like, you know, if a team's getting ready to play in a Champions League semi or something like that, and you happen to have a big match before that, then you have no choice, right? You you got to rest a couple of guys. Yeah. But I just I just feel like I don't – you just don't see that. And I I feel like – and this isn't just to get on March because it's something that we've – you know, I've seen in MLS for, for several years now where you – you know, here and there, you'll see coaches just, you know, in in what is supposed to be a matchup of, of powerhouses, you see, you just see guys getting magically rested. And you and and while I understand, okay, you want to give some other guys an opportunity in that kind of setting, but at the same time, it's like, man, you're playing a top team. This is a big matchup. Put your best team out there. Let's see who the better team is. And I, I don't know. You almost feel like coaches are kind of shying away from that and, and giving themselves kind of a built-in excuse for when their team loses. So I don't know. That's that's just a little random observation for you. You do you need help coming down from the soapbox? Soapbox now? Uh, it's that. That's not even a soapbox. Sorry, <laughs> I got the, I got I got much better soapbox. All right, all right, all right. All right. Well, staying in the Eastern Conference, DC United. We just talked about them. They they defeated the Columbus Crew two to zero. Fabian Espindola, Sean Franklin with goals in this match, and Ivisman after this victory over DC uh, over Columbus. DC is now undefeated in their last six matches. Four of those are victories. They are starting to heat up, and they are definitely in that elite conversation for teams in MLS this year. Well, you can put them in your elite group. I don't think I'm ready to put them in my elite group yet. I'm just kidding, DC folks. <laughs> you can't really deny them when you look at the at the at the at the run that they've they've been on. When you want to talk about as of right now, right this minute, they're one of the top teams. You got to you have to put them either first or second. Um, they're no, I'd put them number actually. I'd put them number three right now. If you're asking me my personal rankings, I'm going to go Seattle. Right now, they are the team that if you asking anybody who they'd rather not play this week, straight up, I think it had to be Seattle. And then it's New England. I think New England has is, is, is really been rolling. But D.C., credit to them. Uh, credit to Ben Olsen. I think he's done a great job uh, when you think about uh, not having a spindle for the early part of the season. Losing Steve Birnbaum to an injury. And you wonder how their defense was going to hold up without him in there. Uh, and they haven't missed a beat. If anything, they've really stepped it up these last few weeks and – it's great to see Chris Rolfe stepping his game up and really showing the qualities of uh, of the Chris Rolfe of old uh, uh, from his Chicago Fire days. And I feel like that was so long ago that that like younger fans have probably don't even remember Chris Rolfe from his you know 
being the man at the fire days. But uh, I think he's doing really well. Uh, and Espinel has definitely made the difference because they, they, they were missing that quality up top. And now that they have him, it, it's helping them. So they, they look like a, they're a solid team, uh, well-coached team. Uh, ben, Olsen has, ben Olsen has him playing well. Uh, I'm still not ready to put him in that next category up just because, like I said, I think the I feel like they're like one like one kind of star player away uh, from being a team that once you get into the playoff, once you get into the playoffs, you need those guys who who can carry you, who can be the the guy who rallies everybody. And I don't know who that is on this team. I know Spindle is pretty good, but he's not. In, he for me, he's not in that category. He's not in the Dempsey, Jermaine Jones, Obafemi Martins. He's not in that category. So so we'll see. We'll see. I mean, they're they're going to be in the conversation. They're going to be a playoff team. Uh, and heck, they could win in. A, they could finish first East again, uh, like they did a couple of years ago. But. Uh, Title contender, uh, I need a little bit more. I need a little bit more. I mean, the thing is, does does DC need that 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 type of player though? I just when you look at them, you, you have, DC's put together as we talked about last year a good collection of of guys who have played for the U.S. Men's National Team, veterans around Major League Soccer, and you do have some better players, Chris Rolf, Fabian Espindola. It just to me, I was, this just looks. Look, I know we talked about this one team that doesn't have a star player, Houston. It's very obvious they don't have one. But for DC, I think they're a much better version of what Houston's trying to do. DC's just better all around. I mean, when you look at DC, I mean, where is their true weakness? They have good players in a lot of positions. And, I mean, look at the guys they can bring off the bench. I mean, those are some solid players you can bring off the bench. If you're bringing Luis Silva off the bench, to me, it just seems like DC has, has some great depth and has great players in good positions. And it's very tough to point out their main weakness. Well, you could be you could be decent all across the board, but at a certain point, you need to have a like to win to be a championship team. I feel like you need to have a high ceiling, and you need to have guys who can be that difference making player when when everything is on the line. And, and ideally, you have a couple of those guys. And right now, I mean, we'll we'll see as the season goes on, right? I mean, if 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 a spin to look can 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 raise his his game to to a new level, maybe he can become that guy. Uh, um, but but beyond him, I mean, I know Chris Rolf has done well. Um, obviously Luis Silva, I think he has, he has qualities as well, and he he works well with Espinola. But I, you know, I, I think for me, if you're in the, here's where you're if you're DC United and you go into the summer and you're playing well and you're winning games, if if you for me in my opinion, if you stand pat with this group, I don't think you're going to win a title. I think are you going to have a good season? Are you going to be one of the top four teams in the East, top three teams in the East? Probably because you know what. You know, you ha- you, you're solid from the back. Ben Olsen's done a great job. Bill Hamid, you re-signed him to a new deal. That's great news, obviously, for them. So they're a very good team. I'm not trying to, like, rain on their parade. But, that, like, for me, just looking at the way things have gone through the years, I feel like you need that guy. I mean, you don't need to have a Thierry Henry or, or, or Robbie Keane necessarily, but I can't, you kind of need – I just don't know who that guy is for this D.C. team. So that's why, for me, it's great. They're playing, they're playing very well right now, no doubt about it. But – if we're talking MLS title, mm, I'm not there yet. Um, and yes, we actually did not talk about that DC re-signing Bill Hamid. I mean, obviously, I mean, that, that's huge for them because, you know, let's say potential to possibly lose him if they didn't re-sign him. That would have been huge, huge loss for them. No, they had to re-sign him. And uh, it was interesting because I remember asking uh, Hamid about, about his contract status uh, down in San Antonio uh, before the U.S.-Mexico game. And he was obviously playing coy about it, but... You know, I think he. I think they've done right by him. I think they've made him a, you know, given him a good contract. And I'm sure, if you're Hamid and you and you have your aspirations about the national team and whatnot, do you want to go to Europe right now and and maybe risk uh, having to play understudy, having having to spend a couple years as a backup um, just for a payday? 
so I, I don't think it's I think, I think it's a good move, and it's great for DC. And who knows? Maybe Hamid will be that guy. Maybe Hamid, Hamid will will put the Superman cape on uh, once this once the the postseason comes along, and and uh, maybe he'll be that guy. So I, I tell you what, all DC fans, feel free to record this entire segment. <laughs> And and play it back to me when you guys are lifting MLS Cup and then and then not, you can thank me for for you know jinxing, doing the reverse jinx on you guys. You, you are I know you are bad luck though. That is actually accurate. I, I will say that I, I'm, I'm I'm I don't say it. I don't say it. <laughs> Um, also, once again, staying in the Eastern Conference, uh, New England Revolution defeated uh, New York Red Bulls two to one. Uh, they handed New York uh, it's their first um, uh, first loss uh, on the season. And, uh, I mean, it was eventually going to come for the New York Red Bulls. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately for them, they ran into New England, who now have won five of their last six matches. And, and New England's just firing at all cylinders right now. Right. Uh, New England is rolling, uh, playing well. Uh, the whole Jermaine Jones uh, playing center back thing is, is, is going well. He makes it look easy. And it's funny. I know people for I know there's a lot of U.S. fans who, who aren't crazy about him as a center back. But uh, I'll tell you what, the fact that he's getting some games now it can't can't hurt him for the summer uh if Klinsman plans on keeping him there so I, th- I think that's a nice development but knowing they're just rolling right now they're just clicking uh they have so they talk about depth i mean they've got you know when you can keep kellen Rowe uh out of your lineup and especially the way he started the season i mean that and i think that says a lot the with the red bulls obviously it wasn't their full squad uh they played at midweek and they, they tied colorado at home um now i thought they i thought they showed some good stuff i thought some of the guys they threw in there showed pretty well the rookie uh, Sean Davis, I mean, he he played really well. And, uh, you know, considering uh, who they were going up against and the talent that they had to face, I thought he stood out for me. I think he's someone that it's going to be t- it's tough for him to get minutes uh, in that midfield. But I think pe- I think we saw or we got a glimpse of why the Red Bulls were so keen on signing him um, to a deal, uh, to a homegrown player deal. Uh, he's a, he's one to watch. I'll tell you what, remember that name. And that's not, and not just because he listens to the show because he, he happens to listen to the show. But uh, beyond that, uh, how do you, you know, know he listens to the show? He told me. I, I talked to him a couple weeks ago, and he yeah he uh, he he listens to it uh, regularly. So there you go. So I can't rip on him just yet, but I, I'm sure I will uh, if he messes up. But um, but yeah, no, you know it it was they played well. They they didn't start well. I mean the Re- the Revs were all over them in the beginning of that game, but eventually they settled in and they actually made it a game. Uh, so if you're Jesse Marsh, I know I get, I know I mentioned earlier in the show, like it, it is kind of funny when, 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 when coaches do that, when you go into a, a highly anticipated matchup and you all of a sudden you bench a bunch of guys, um, as much as I gave him crap about that, if, if you're Jesse Marsh, you're disappointed in the loss, but you come away thinking, you know what? I had quite a few guys show, show well, or, you know, and do pretty well in that setting. So I think that'll serve them well later on in the year. Having said that, do I think they, they when you're asking me revs, Red Bulls, who will be the better team? I still say Revs are going to be the better team. I just Red Bulls with the group they have now, mm-hmm. uh, they're they're going to compete and kind of much like DC. They're going to compete. They're going to be in games. They're going to get results. But when it's all said and done later in the year, playoff time, mm, Red Bulls. I think I, I still think they need to go get somebody. So we'll see if they get somebody. And and I was looking at New England. Um, it's just it's it's scary. One, how young they are still. We always talk about this. And number two, I mean, they're starting to see a lot of players step up. I mean, you add London Woodbury in the offseason. He's been huge for them for the last few games since he started. 
Um, to Bunbury's continuing to impress uh, Kellen Rowe. As you said, he's on the bench. It just I mean, it seems like New England, everything is clicking for them at the right time. You know, the question is, can they sustain this and avoid that 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 two-month spell that they went under last year where they were just struggled? Granted, they did get out of it, but is this a New England side though, that you think has been tested and it can really push that envelope? Yeah, I think they're going to do well. I mean, I think having a guy like Jermaine Jones there uh, helps helps you keep the level... Whereas last year, obviously, they had that run where they were they looked untouchable, and then they went, then they went like on an eight nine game losing streak, and everything looked like it was going to fall apart. But I think having a player like Jermaine Jones helps keep you from kind of having too strong a dip. I, I think he he kind of he'll demand a lot of his teammates, and I think that's going to help. Uh, one player I got to talk about, Charlie Davies. The guy is playing great, and uh, it's great to see. I mean, for everything that he went through. Uh, you love seeing him kind of show the the qualities of old, you know, of you know pre pre injury, pre car accident, uh, the, the pace, the strength, the, the 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 finish, the confidence in finishing. Uh, obviously, we saw it in the playoffs last year, um, so it's not a complete surprise. But now we've, he's had this kind of uh, steady run now, and and when you have that going on, you obviously have Agudelo there. They added Agudelo. Uh, and and when Agadella came in, you kind of was curious, like how are you going to put these guys? How are you going to you know pair these guys up? Jay Heaps has been playing Agadello out on the left um, with Bunbury on the right, and that's kind of squeezed Kellen Rowe out of the picture. But uh, still, I mean, I think I think it's I think it's great to see uh, Charlie Davies playing that well. And if you have Davies playing that well, you have Agadello. I mean, they they're loaded. And the question, you know, it's going to be is it can their defense hold up? And their defense has been unbelievable. They gave up one goal in the month of April. Uh, and uh, they're, they're, I'm telling you, they're looking pretty strong, and 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 they are my MLS Cup pick, so I, I can't say I'm not surprised. Uh, Toronto FC defeated Philadelphia Union one to zero, and I was just like that. Toronto FC is finally home. Their seven game road trip to start the season has come to a close, and Toronto now is going home with some momentum, picking up wins in their last two matches. It just seems that everything is is potentially working out for Toronto FC. Uh, yeah, I tell you what, man, TFC—they're starting to heat up at, at just the right time. And I know, I know, th- there was definitely a lot of talk when they had that losing streak about—is um, it, it going to happen again? Are we going to have another case of a, of, of a TFC team uh, completely uh, underperforming and completely falling below expectations? And uh, for them to get the two wins now, uh, mm-hmm. to give them a little momentum going back home, I think that's huge for them uh, for the road trip. Definitely for Greg Vanny. Um, obviously they still have to keep winning, but I think they have started to show a bit more, um, especially in the, uh, defensively. I, obviously Javinko has been doing his thing, but I think they've settled down a bit, especially defensively. Uh, you know, they, they, they were a bit prone to some issues early on in the season, but I think they've, they, they've handled that well. And now we're starting, you know, this team all of a sudden could, could you know, with the, you know, now they're going to make up for the, the lack of home games. Uh, they could really go on a run and start to to be that team that we thought they could be when the season began. When you want to talk about Josie Altidore, Javinko, Michael Bradley, uh, with that trio, you have to be doing better than they were doing. But here they are; they're going back home. And I tell you what, man, I see them going on a run. Well, and they, and they definitely have that potential. I mean, the biggest question is, Ivis, you know, can can one one they they stay healthy, you know, maintain the Josie Altidore, Michael Bradley, and more importantly. 
I mean, you know, Jovinko needs to continue to play at this high level. I mean, he definitely has put his team on, on his back the last couple of weeks. And, and you wonder, I mean, let's, let's say he misses a couple of games here or there. Let's say he gets, picks up an injury. I mean, Toronto, and they got to knock on wood, keep their fingers crossed, do whatever they need to do to find a way to make, make sure that Jovinko will be 100% healthy for the entire and for the entire season. Well, I mean, obviously, you don't want your your, your the highest paid player in the league. You you, you don't want to you, you don't want to miss him if you can't if you can avoid it. But having said that, they still have enough talent on his team that even if Jovinko had to miss some games, it wouldn't be an excuse for them to fall apart, right? I mean, you still have Josie Altador, you still have Michael Bradley. They, you know, they, they've got uh, they've got a good team. I mean, it, it really the onus is on Vanny, Greg Vanny, to to get the most out of that group, and and that's where the real questions have been. Uh, as they were putting this team together, is is he the guy to to get the most out of this team? And I think it's still early to a little early to tell at this point, but I think it's good for him to get those two wins heading into the home stretch. But um, we'll we'll see, man. This next month will tell us a lot. I mean, it, you know, I, I I like I like their chances, man. I, I picked them. I think I had them as high as third going into the season in the East, and uh, with that with that group and with Javinko uh, having assimilated well i mean you obviously you have cases where foreign players don't always have the smooth transition into mls but you've because he hasn't missed the beat he's done really great so um this next month is going to tell us quite a bit because if they can maximize the points out of this home stretch then then they're right there right there with dc right there with new england um philadelphia this is their now second three-game losing streak on the season can we stick a fork in them yeah, I mean it's tough. It's what 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 hasn't gone wrong, right? Risenboli, complete disaster. Uh, you keep losing games. Uh, your defense is a mess. Now you have CJ Sapong with a DUI, and now you don't know what his situation is going to be. Uh, is he going to you know is he going to go into treat, treatment? Is he going to miss time? I mean, obviously that you know that, that that's a you know he's dealing with a serious issue there. It's just it's just bad news right now with Philly. They're a cursed organization, and and now they have to you know they, it's, things aren't going to get any easier for them. Obviously, when you look at their schedule, um, so I don't know, man. You you, you feel for Jim Curtin. You you wonder if he kind of is having buyer's remorse about 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 that job. But look look at this. Look at their upcoming schedule. Uh, Vancouver, D.C., Red Bulls, D.C., Columbus. Like, <laughs> there's no breathing room there. I mean, they could easily lose yeah. all five of those games. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I stand by what I said before this season that I thought they had the talent, right? I mean, I thought they had the talent to be a decent team. I was never high on Emboli. I thought getting, I thought loaning out Zach McMath was a mistake, and I said that. And, and I think I'll tell you what, I, wish they, I bet they wish they had him now. I think Zach McMath, if he's on this team, you know they have they have they have more points than they have now. I absolutely believe that. Um, but yeah, it's things aren't things aren't going to get get any better, man. I think. I mean, listen to the schedule. Listen to the schedule. <laughs> Vancouver lost. No, listen. Vancouver, DC, New York, DC, Columbus. Then you get NYCFC. You know, you know what happens there. LA Galaxy. Seattle Sounders, like oh my lord, like I mean they're gonna, I mean they're gonna be heading into July. I mean if they if they have more than one win between now and July, in between now and the end of July, it'll be a surprise, and that's that's scary. Yeah, it's it's just with Philadelphia, it's the same problems we saw last year, and and they were the same problems that existed before Jim Curran. It's the same problems that they've had since he's taken over, and it's just I mean, I mean the obvious reality is let's say let's say Philadelphia totally as you like 
craps the bed this year like they are right now. I mean, there's no way Jim Curtin's going back in 2016. And for Philadelphia, Ivis, once again, the process begins to find a new manager. It just seems that they just cannot get out of the gate at all in, with, with the right foot. Well, I, I, I mean, I would say this, right? I, I, you have to wonder uh, about the decision to, uh, you know, obviously Jim Curtin, he's a local guy, he's a hometown guy. You understand why, you know, they, they wanted to give him the opportunity. But then having said that, when you have an inexperienced coach, do uh, you also want to have an experienced general manager? And that's pretty much what they have. I mean, I don't know if that's his title or technical director or whatever it is. Chris Albright, uh, the longtime, obviously, MLS player, former U.S. national player. He's kind of the personnel guy there. And he had zero experience when he got that job. And he can't, you have to ask yourself, are they paying the price for that? Are they paying the price for not having someone with some more experience in that role? Because it's one thing if you have – when you have a coach that, that, that you know, is kind of new to the being the head coach thing, but then to have, you know, his kind of partner in the player personnel uh, decisions also be inexperienced. I mean, I feel like that's a recipe for disaster. Um, and, and I don't know if this group has necessarily gotten that much better uh, since since they had that that, that kind of uh, cleaning house when, when they when they moved. Uh, they moved out John, John Hackworth. Uh, they got rid of Rob Artusian, who, who was before Chris Albright. He was the personnel guy. And I thought they actually added some pretty decent pieces to that group. When you want to talk about Nogueira, Maidana, uh, th- you know, they had they, ha- they had some nice talent, Marisa do. Um, but now, man, I don't know. I don't I, I don't know. I don't know how much they've added since then uh, in the past. I don't know. Half year to year. I don't know what they've really added to that group that, that you could say is high quality talent. So, you know what? Maybe that that maybe that's what's going to have to happen. There's going to have to be this complete meltdown of a season. And then they're going to have to have a true cleaning out and ha- and then somehow entice some people with some experience to take over. Because, uh, you know, the co- you can't have both an uh, inexperienced coach and an experienced GM. You just can't. And then combine those with uh, an owner uh, or slash CEO, whatever Nick Sakevich is, a guy in Nick Sakevich who, who kind of wants to be involved in things. And I know that after the Rise and Bully thing, uh, you know, maybe he, he kind of had some of that power taken away. But still. Having said that, it's all all put all that together. It's not a great recipe for success. Uh, Sporting Kansas City defeated Chicago Fire one to zero in a very good match for Sporting Kansas City because as as we've seen uh, Ivis over Chicago over the last couple of weeks has continued to impress Kansas City. I, I don't want to say it was a complete victory for them. They they still have some things that they have to figure out, Ivis. But overall, at the end of the day, they picked up three points over Chicago, uh, and it was a very good result for them. A uh, big result. Uh, obviously, Dom Dwyer still needs to. Uh, oh, uh, be nice! It was just one miss. Come on, one. It's one miss this week. <laughs> Every week, it's you know what? It's one. If you if you if you're gonna miss some chances, you also have to score some goals. And if and if you, if you miss your if you have your one miss, your one you miss your one great chance, you're gonna get called on it. And if it happens weeks in a row, I don't know, man. Uh yeah he 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 might have to call a you know a witch doctor or somebody to break the hex but uh I mean I know he had a couple goals uh, in recent weeks but you know as Taylor Twelman said on the broadcast you know once you sign when you sign that new deal and you get that new that new level of money that new contract for being the gold machine you got to keep delivering and uh and he's not doing that right now but look KC I give them credit because when you think about losing a guy like Ike Opara, uh, they, I feel like they've circled the wagons pretty well, and they're still in that conversation. Uh, you know, they're a team that I, you know, I was high on coming in, and and I wasn't so sure when they lost the par if they'd be able to keep it going. But 
Uh, credit to Peter Vermees, man. He, he his team his team is is still finding a way to get results. And mm-hmm. Benny Philhaber is playing out of his mind. He's playing some of the best soccer in the league. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about MVPs of the quarter, you know, the first quarter of the season? He, he, his name, I think, is in the conversation as well. So uh, they're playing well. Credit to them. Uh, the Fire, I think, are still, you know, they they're coming along. They're you know they they're obviously uh, still building that chemistry of a young of of a new group, a, a new collection of players. Um, but KC, man, I, I like what they're doing. Moving on, Dallas defeated the Houston Dynamo 4-1. to one. Usual suspects sco- uh, scoring goals. Mauro Diaz, Fabian Castillo. Also, David Teixeira had a goal. We had that sighting. So, Dallas, uh, look, when, when David Teixeira scoring goals, Ivis, I mean, everything's going right for you. Well, look, if you would have told me FC Dallas is going to score four goals, Without Blas Perez, I, I, I would have ta- I would have taken you up on the bet that that wasn't going to happen. But credit to them, uh, they were missing their, their their lead striker and and they and they got the job done. And Houston, man, their defense no- normally known for being you know stingy defensive team, now they've given up eight goals in two matches. So if you're Owen Coy, you cannot be happy with that. Nope. Uh, if you own if you're a fantasy owner who has Tyler Derrick, you're not happy with that. Uh, like me. Uh, so you know, it, it, I don't know Houston, man. Houston, <laughs> I don't want to say it. Uh, but uh, not nah, FC Dallas. They're looking good. Uh, they're right there up in the West. And, and and when you can play that well without your lead striker, I mean, I think it says a lot about just the collective and, and the way Mar Diaz. Again, he still. Yeah, I feel like he's still an underrated player. Um, and, and but he he showed in this game uh, what he can do uh, and that he can make everyone around him better. So I mean, uh, that Castillo Diaz tandem, that one-two punch. It's tough for anybody to deal with. Uh, LA Galaxy played Colorado Rapids to a 1-1 draw. Alan Gordon with a goal off the bench. And then afterwards, Bruce Arena called the match a turning point in their season. I, I was How big of a result was this for LA? And then for on the other end, Colorado. I mean, to be that close for defeating the MLS Cup champs on the road and you walk away with a draw. I mean, again, Colorado cannot catch a break at all. I know, I know, and I know some people will listen to that comment from Busharina and ask themselves, why is it? Why is a tie against Colorado at home uh, that big a deal? Right? I mean, it, it was it did sound a little funny, but I think the the point his point in the whole deal was the fact that uh, you know if you didn't watch the game, I mean, if you looked at the group that they had out there, right? I mean, the starting lineup that he started. Uh, was a pretty patchwork group. You had you didn't have Robbie Keane, you didn't have Stefan Shizaki, you didn't have Janino, you didn't have AJ De La Garza. So I mean, obviously a bunch of guys not there in the starting lineup. Uh, it's uh, for them to get a result. I mean, I think it's big. And 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 again, talking like we like earlier in the show uh, about coaches who, who who put together, you know, who put out lineups that um, you know are missing guys. I've said it before. Throughout his career, Bruce Arena has made it a habit of being able to put out lineups that are missing, you know, half its starters, and still getting a result. And I think, and that's what he did in this game. Um, you know, so so credit to him. And I think that's that's what he meant. It wasn't so much like, oh, he's happy with a point at home, but I think he was happy with what he saw from from what was really a patchwork lineup. Uh, Portland and Vancouver play to a scoreless draw. Uh, Portland probably should have had the victory in this one. Numerous chances that they wasted. Darlington Nagby misses a penalty kick. Uh, Maximilian Oroti missed an opportunity just a few minutes after that. But more importantly, Ivis, for Portland, they picked up a point, which is good. Check. Number two, you have Diego Valeri, who came back and played in the match and looked he looked, he looked pretty good. You know, I'm not saying he's great, but you know, it was a good return for him. For Portland, 
You talk away with the point, and you'll walk away with Valeri, Valeri with a game under his belt, healthy, and you look forward to the next match. The, Valeri coming back is definitely uh, a good consolation out of this match. But, I mean, I, I mean, at one point, I'm sure, I'm sure, Caleb Porter came out of this match thinking, that's another game. We were the better team, but yet another game we didn't get the three points. And at home. And I know he's not happy about it. I mean, how could you be when you when you have that home support that they have uh, in that atmosphere and that support uh, from the fans there? And they're not getting it done. They're not winning. They're not getting their results at home. Um, and, and obviously you're playing. A, look, I know I get it. You're playing a tough Vancouver team, but they know they had the chances to win this game. This game was there for the taking. I know that they still feel Porter still feels like, you know, they should have got into the playoffs last year. Uh, ahead of Vancouver, they they smoked Vancouver twice down the stretch. Um, so I'm sure they feel like we're better than this Vancouver team, and we want to show it. But they guess what? They didn't show it on the scoreboard, and that's got to be a tough one. But having said that, consolation, you have Valeri back. You're getting Will Johnson back. That's going to be huge for them, uh, and, and it'll help them. They're going to start getting some results at the same time. You need you need Fernandotti to start scoring some goals. You need Nagby to start scoring some goals. You need these other guys to start scoring some goals. Maybe Valeri, once he can be a full, you know, get back and be a ninety-minute player, that'll be a huge uh, lift for them. But right now, if you're Caleb Porter, you're looking at these games. You're looking at all these different games where, where they settled for, you know, earlier in the season they said, you know, they tied Colorado. I mean, sorry, uh, they tied Real Salt Lake in a game that you could have said they should have won. They tied the Galaxy in a game you could have said they should have won. Uh, you have so many of these of these results, so so we'll see we'll we'll see uh, how Valeri Johnson, Valeri and Johnson help them. In the final game of the weekend, Real Salt Lake uh, and San Jose Earthquakes played to a one one draw. It was a you know look, let's let's be real, it was an ugly match. Chris Wondolowski's goal eh, was he offside? Uh, controversy there. Victor Bernardes then knocks in an own goal for Real Salt Lake, who were then able to salvage a point from this match. It, it was just I was the less said about this match, the better. Yeah, I mean, uh, all I'll say is maybe the Bernardo's own goal was a little karma because look, that one Wanderlust goal should not have counted. The, the officials missed it; they blew it. Um, no, you, you can't blame Wando. I mean, Wondolowski, the ball comes to him; he's going to put it away. But he was offside on the initial pass; it should have been called offside. So, um, but yeah, this was an ugly game. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> S- sorry, San Jose and Real Salt Lake fans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure RSL fans are. Or, uh, you know, they don't want to talk about about this season so far. And moving away, looking at some general Major League Soccer news, some bad news coming out of Orlando. Kevin Molino had a tor- has a torn ACL. He's out for the season. And, and yes, he hasn't scored, Ivis. But, I mean, if you're watching Orlando play, you're, you're just you're, – you're wat- he's just – every single time he just is a half step away or, or just something from going his way and then really breaking out and scoring some goals. This is This is a very big loss for Orlando this season. Definitely, um, I, I think he's a player who's really, who was really showing the, you know, his explosiveness and his ability to unsettle defenses, and uh, you, the, the people down in Orlando couldn't stop raving about him. And, and you know, I, I, I had my doubts. I'm not gonna lie; I was a little skeptical. I actually made a, uh, actually made a bet with uh, with someone at Orlando City about Molino, whether or not he'd be an All Star, and I voted. I mean, I, I bet that he wouldn't be an All Star, and and I, I will say this: he he impressed me. He he. He, I got, I after watching a few games, I understood why there was so much buzz about him. Uh, the guy, had, the guy is, is a skill, really skilled player, real exciting player. It's a big blow for them because now, uh, how do you make up for that? You don't, you know, you, you don't find a guy like that too easily. 
I think they're gonna uh, kind of have. I think they're, they're gonna have to end the Brexit at left back experiment and, and move Brexit into the midfield. Uh, it's gonna be up to Adrian Heath to decide how he wants to handle that. Brexit can be a handful, as we know in the past. In MLS, he can be a handful as a winger as well. So we'll see. I mean, it's tough. In what has already been a tough season for them, especially from a standpoint of finishing chances, uh, now you lose one of the guys who's been helping you create those chances. So so we'll see who steps up. And Ivis, last week, Major League Soccer releases 2015 roster rule changes. Uh, the salary cap went up. That's awesome. Uh, cap charge for designated players, that has risen. That's awesome. The one thing that did surprise me, maximum roster size went from 30 now to 28. Uh, when you saw the rule changes, um, what stood out to you, Ivis? Did anything surprise you with it? Uh, nothing really. I mean, I got to say, I mean, I know the whole consolidation of, uh, of you know, player acquisition lists. Uh, you know, I know some people looked at that and thought, okay, maybe well, now we'll have a little bit more transparency. When, Amer- you know, you returning U.S. players come back, there's not going to be the smoke and mirrors that we saw with Clint Dempsey, with Jermaine Jones. Uh, you know, because obviously those were those were some issues that that really made the MLS look bad in terms of just not not the the, the process was not a, a clean one. It just wasn't a a process that I think fans or or teams were were really happy with. So I think it's good from that standpoint that now teams are going to have a better understanding and fans are going to have a better understanding of just how a player can wind up on a certain team. So I think that helps. The salary cap went up a bit. I mean, did it go up? enough uh, did it go up as much as i thought it would go up going into this cba uh, negotiations definitely not i thought we were going to go up to like five million uh but it, we didn't get there um and now teams are kind of still in there and it's still the same fight right i mean no one's saying and going back to the cc uh, the concap champions league thing um we we're going to touch on that in a little bit but it, it's not just about more money overall but i mean you just need to be able to sign more players that are on a bit higher end salary and I, and I just I don't know if the salary I don't know if the salary cap increases that were that were established are enough I don't I don't think they're enough I was trying to find the percentage I, I can't do math so I can't tell you what the percentage it went up but I mean, look this the salary cap went up to me to me that's a positive I, I know we want to see it go up more but as we all talked about I, perception is everything we, we don't know what the bottom line budgets of these teams are and what they're spending and what they're bringing in so I mean, to me, seeing the cap at least go up, I I think that's a positive, Ivis. Um, I I mean, the only thing that that I'm kind of in the allocation process. Okay, yeah, I mean, now it makes it look a little bit more easier, but I, there should be no allocation order for the high profile U.S. players. I mean, they should be able to play wherever they want. I, I get it's single entity. We're not that that will never change, but eh, I, I saw these and okay, I mean, the roster changes are just like okay, okay, roster changes, cool. I mean, not, nothing was too crazy out of all this. The salary cap goes up every time, so it's not that's not it's not like oh wow they had the salary cap up it went up so no was it going to go up to ten million no um, but when you look at the increase and it was a decent increase I mean uh, I feel like the increase is going to get eaten up um, by when you when you talk about minimum salaries going up um, I don't know I'm looking at it and I say to myself it's still an issue when you realistically because of the way the the, the cap is is structured. You, you're still kind of limited in in how good a team you can put on the field in, in terms of you can't have a you you're you're not going to be able to field a, a lineup with with nine ten eight, you know eight nine or ten guys who want to who are on good salary relative to MLS. You just still you're it's still it hasn't changed enough to get away from the the, the reality of teams having you know five or six guys who or, or really two or three guys who are big money guys 
two or three guys who were, you know, whether in that 200 to 300 range. But then beyond that, you're still talking probably almost half your team is guys who are on the lower end. And, and that, you know, that's going to cause that's going to hurt you, especially international competition. Obviously, Champions League against the better teams, you're, you're going to still be you're going to be trailing those teams. And and again, it's not all about the Champions League. And I definitely want to make that point because I know some people uh, were looking at, at the reactions to the Champions League and asking, you know, it, why does does anyone really care about the Champions League? And it's not about only the Champions League. It's about increasing the quality of the product. And I think you can increase the quality of the product when you can have more uh, quality players on a field at any given time. And I think mm-hmm. this salary cap increase wasn't enough, in my opinion, to, to create a, a tangible upgrade in talent. I just don't see it. Well, y- yes, and yes, I agree with you on that. But I'll play devil's advocate. I'll play on the owner's side. I, I, the owners will always plead that they don't have enough money and then, you know, that they're losing money every single year. And we, we don't know that. We're, we're not looking at their books. So, it, you know, it's, it's hard to, you know, point and say, well, you guys aren't spending the money. But the same reality, I mean, if, if they're not making money, I mean, and and, and there's no bottom line to them investing more money and them getting. These are smart business guys. The guys who own these MLS teams are smart business guys. That's the reality. They, to them, they always want to know what the ROI is, and they understand that owning a sports team, they're not always going to make money. But they don't want to be increasing the roster size to five, six, seven million if they can't really afford that, and they're going to have significant losses on top of that. Not just raising the salary. I mean, you have a new player that comes in, he has extra benefits on top of the salary that you're going to be paying for him. It, it just seems like a lot of moving pieces. And for me, and yes, it, it does seem like a snail's pace where MLS is growing. But the positive to me, at least it's going and trending in the right direction. I, I guess that's what I take from all of this. Hello, oh, man. Nice. Uh, this, this message is brought to you by the MLS owners. Uh, no, but look, kidding aside, I'm sorry, man. I, I, if, you, if you're going to be a league that talks about wanting to be one of the best leagues in the world, and we keep hearing it over and over, Don Garber who, it, it can't stop saying it enough that the MLS wants to be one of the best leagues in the world. If you want to be one of the best leagues in the world, you're not going to do it by increasing your salary cap by fractions of a percentage. It's not going to happen. It just isn't. And I don't want to hear about, oh, you know, MLS player, you know, owners are losing money. Uh, that's how many teams in the world are, are really raking in the dough, making money. I mean, if you look at so- anyone who's read Soconomics, I mean, it, 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 there's plenty of teams in, in, in the world. Uh, that that don't necessarily have a positive bottom line. I mean, owners, a lot of owners around the world go into the into it knowing that they're going to have to put their money in if they're going to want to succeed. And, and you know, there's this, the, the idea of, of a loss leader. You might have to invest money. You might have to lose money early on to to create a product that will then eventually be uh, a money maker. And and I feel like again, I know there's the ghost of NASL of the old NASL. That, that lingers over the league and, and the league is always wary about spending. But is it really about that, though? At what point at what point does that does that fable become an excuse to to, to kind of keep spending reined in? And it's look, their owners, it's their money. It's their league. They can do what they want. But don't tell us about how you want to be one of the best leagues in the world. Give it up already with that. Give it up with the idea that you want to win Champions League because you really, really don't if you're going to keep. With the with, with this same structure, essentially the same structure, it, all of that stuff is lip service because uh, what we see here, what we see in the small uh, snails pace changes, we see in this CBA that has squeezed the players yet again. I do not see the steps being taken to a want to be one of the best leagues in the world and b uh, want to really compete internationally. I just don't see it. And and you know what, the league in itself. 
So is is it improving? It yes, it is. I'm not going to deny that it's improving, and I know the people who are really critical of MLS like to crap on it every chance they get, and like to say that the league is not getting better. But I'm sorry, it is getting better. Having said that, uh, I am just tired of hearing this best league in the world goal when you're just not really doing it. You're just not really taking the serious steps to do that. And 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 what I'm curious about is maybe, and what I think is the case. I just think there's some owners in this league who are holding the rest of the league back. I think there's some owners in this league who 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 don't want to loosen the purse strings. And 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 from what I've heard in my conversations with with sources within the league, it's that it's up to the owners. And then when the owners are ready to spend more money, it will happen. And and the new CBA isn't going to prevent that. I thought that was an interesting part of the whole deal. I, I know some people look at the CBA and think, "Oh, well now the league is locked in for the next 5 years in spending this amount." And they're not. The the CBA is a, is a floor, not a ceiling, uh, and I'm just curious what it's going to take to get these group of owners to to realize if they really want to play on the international stage, if they really want to be a player on the international stage, they need to spend more money. And the fact of the matter is, uh, look at look at look at the TV ratings. And look at the TV ratings for other leagues in this in this very country. Whether you're talking Premier League, Liga MX. MLS is losing on a lot of on, on several fronts, and and they're losing on those fronts in a way that it's th- this drip of of an increase is not going to help. It's not going to help close that gap. If they really really want to take a stranglehold on this American market, they need to start spending some more money. And and that's why when I looked at that, it, when I mean I knew it wasn't going to be a much of an increase. We already knew that from the CBA uh, information, the CBA talks. But when it when you see it there, when you see the increase, and you say to yourself. These guys aren't serious. These guys aren't serious about being international players, and that's fine. If you don't want to, if you don't want to do it, if you don't want to, if you don't want to have your owners lose any more money, okay, fine. But don't sell us on this notion that you want to be one of the top leagues in the world. Well, of course they're going to say that thing. They, Here we go. Stop being but, the soapbox guy. No, I'm being. Stop, oh, stop, oh stop, please! Stop, oh, coming coming from the soapbox guy. No, no, no! Stop being the owner's lap dog with this. I'm not. Me. I'm just being realistic. I mean, of course they're going to say they want to be a top league. What are they going to say? Oh, it's not our desire no to be a top league. No one's asking them. No one's. Oh, you know what? You yeah, look, but they don't need to ask. They don't need to ask. They're trying to go get sponsorships. They're trying to go get money. Yeah, they're chasing dollars. They need. It's a lie. It's a lie. The proof is in the pudding. And you know what? You're 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 making your you're making your your fans. Uh, not believe anything that you say because yeah, but, okay, but you're lot. not making your fans. But you can see, yeah. But you, I was with you. Know with anything, you can report that that numbers and things are better than they've ever been to big sponsorship companies that are looking to invest hundreds of millions of dollars. The reality is, you have to say these things to go and chase that money. And and, and I and I and I get that. So they're lying to their sponsors. You no, they're not lying to their. I, they're they not are. lying to their. There's lying. no way. They're I guarantee. You're, then they're able. Then they're able to put together a report to their sponsors that will show. That their sponsors are getting their money's worth. There's always ways to work around it. There's and always ways. These are smart business like, From guys. what I understand, there's a lot of people that aren't happy with the return. I can say it right now. I'm sure there side, is. I'm sure the there TV. is. And they'll go well, find new but, people then. It's a scam. So you're admitting it's a scam then. I'm it's not a, saying it's a scam. Just, it's a, you, you just said it yourself. I'm and not saying. To this. <laughs> and, and just for people who are unaware, Garrett works for a team right now, not in MLS. So he, he, but he, right now he has his like front office hat on. <laughs> Instead of like, what is wrong oh, with that's you? What you're doing. That's exactly how you sound right now. And I, and, and I can't imagine anyone listening to this show who's a fan is not want, bashing, not punching themselves in the face, listening to the crap you're, you're, you're giving us about like, 
like has as if this is a reasonable excuse for what is what these guys are doing. It's not. It is not under any circumstances. I'm sorry. It's not an excuse. I get it. From a business standpoint, you have to say certain things. You have to put on this facade. It's all well and good, but doesn't mean the fans need to, need to listen to this and buy it because it's it's just not a good look. I'm sorry. Stop beating us over the head with we want to be one of the best teams in the world, best leagues in the world, and then you and then you try out these fractions of increases. It's just it's a joke. Sorry. Now I'll put the soapbox away. We can move on. Front office hat. You suck. It, it, that's how you sound. Well, I don't think because I I, right. I work for the. I understand how. Look, I'm not gonna say anymore. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> you've 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 already dug your grave on this. I'm one. not. I'm, I no. I look. I just, you really have. I'm just saying. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm not. Look, yeah, but you know me. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Right, I'm, devil's advocate is fine to a certain extent. Like when you keep going and you keep going, you, you're making yourself sound really bad. That's all I'm saying. What? Because. I'm not, dude. I'm not. I, look, I'm not. I don't have a favorite MLS team. You know that. So to me, I view your, your favorite. You know, your favorite like entity is the man. That's how you sound. I mean, I know it's not true, but that's how you sound. You sound like you're you're, you're like you love the idea of owners now. Like, hey, owners, say what you can lie. You can say what you want as long. As it, I understand because it's all business. So you're cool. It's cool. I yeah no yes and no yes and no yes and no <laughs> okay man yes and yes. no. I, look, right, I'm just saying enough. I understand it from being on the other perspective. That's all I'm saying. I'm, and I'm I not saying either side. I'm not, and I'm not done. saying either side's and right or wrong. That's not bad. what I'm saying. I understand why it's done. Who doesn't understand why? Everyone understands why, like a business is going to try to misrepresent itself. But when you are are, suppo- are, are trying to cater to a a, a a fan base, like it's just not a good look. It's just it just looks like a complete joke in my opinion and i and look i just I, I just spoke to don garber on friday we had a conversation about the direction of the league and, and and you know he made it clear that you know the league has to stay within its in, in its uh in its zone in terms of spending you know they're not going to spend like club america you're not going to have 20 mls teams spending like club america or even a couple just because the finances aren't there and that's all well and good i understand that and i think most people honestly my opinion I think MLS fans would respect it would it would they would have more respect for just being honest than 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 trotting out these these tired and completely hollow proclamations. That's all I'm saying. All right. Some people just aren't ready for the truth, Ivis. You know that. I think people know the truth. <laughs> I, 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 and that's what that's the thing. People know the truth. That's why it looks bad. It'd be one thing if people actually believed. MLS is, and maybe they're like a, a very small fraction of deluded people who actually buy into the idea that MLS is anywhere close to getting uh, to among the best leagues in the world. But I think the majority of people, even the ones who follow MLS and support MLS and are big MLS fans, are, are they they get it. We all see it. We all watch the European soccer at in our houses in America. We see the Premier Leagues, La Liga, the Bundesliga, the Champions League. We see what the real deal is about. We see what the real deal in spending, the real deal in quality. And we and, and anyone who watches that and MLS understands there's a big gap. There's a huge gap. Um, and is MLS gaining? Is MLS growing? Yes. Not going to deny that. But it, it, it's just I don't know it, I can't, I can't I have to imagine it's frustrating for an MLS fan to constantly hear how MLS is going to be among the best leagues in the world. But then here we go again, another salary cap increase that is like a, a drop in the bucket. 
It's going in the right direction, Ivis. That's all that matters. <laughs> okay. It's going, it's going forward. Uh, real quickly, yeah. Ivis. Best uh, team in the world in 2100 when we'll all be dead. Yeah. The world probably won't exist by then anyways. Um, Ivis, moving on, looking at the CONCACAF Champions League. Montreal Impact. Get out to a great foot. Score the opening goal. Things are looking great. And then Club America then all of a sudden wakes up and says, whoa, 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 we're losing to the Montreal Impact. They go out and score four goals, ending Montreal Impact's chance of going to the club FIFA Club World Cup, winning the CONCACAF Champions League. It was an awesome run for them. Let's not take anything away from them. It just was unfortunate that the result ended uh, against them with a, with a massive loss. Reality hit. Reality, the, the clock struck 12 and the... the, and the the Cinderella, Cinderella's uh, magic uh, carrot. What is it? What is it? The, the, the glass slipper. Carriage. The, the, no, no, no. Carriage the, uh, the, the pumpkin. Yeah, the carriage was, was no. The pumpkin became a carriage. It became a carriage. See, I'm mixing my. I don't have a. See, then, if I had a daughter, I would know this. Probably. Yeah, and then I think what happened uh, was then after midnight, the carriage went back into a pumpkin. I well, think. that's what happened. That's what happened. Well, whether or not that happened, that's what happened with Montreal, right? Clock struck midnight, and it all fell apart for them. Uh, but look, credit to Montreal, man. Their, their run uh, was it? Were they playing amazing soccer? No. Did they get lucky? Yes. But at the same time, they captured the imagination of a fan base and of a city. And as a, as a team, that's that's really it, right? That's what you want to do. I mean, obviously, you want to win titles, but if you can capture the imagination and the attention of a of a big city like they did, then that's a victory in itself. I know it's a bit of a consolation prize, but I think Montreal and I think Joey Saputo, I think their owners, they have to come away from that whole experience and feel like it was worth every penny. And they spent money in this whole process. I mean, they had their team stay in Mexico for like weeks at a time and they, you know, they chartered. They spared no expense to get to help their team try to get to this point. And yes, they fell short. They lost. But Olympic Stadium was rocking. It was literally shaking. You had sixty, more than sixty thousand fans there, uh, and it was a great game, right? I mean, even, you know, obviously the, the the wheels came off in the second half, but you know, you you go into halftime of that game, you have a stadium full of fans excited and and, and really buying in. I mean, you can't. I mean, you can't buy that that kind of emotion, that kind of experience that they gave those fans. I mean, for forty five minutes plus the halftime break. The fans in that stadium thought, "Wow, Montreal, the city of Montreal, could have a, a champion," uh, and and so that that was worth every penny. I guarantee it's worth every penny for Joyce Saputo. Mm. Now, having said that, uh, you know Club America. I mean, they're 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 the you know if they're not the top team. I mean, obviously they're the champions of Concacaf, but traditionally they're one of the top teams in Concacaf. Uh, they're a powerhouse. They spend huge money. I think it was like twenty eight million dollars in just this last winter window. I mean, just gives you an idea of the, what, what we're dealing with there. Um, it just reminded us that, that there's there's still a big gap. There's still a big gap. And I know some people will say, oh, but, well, the gap was just 45 minutes. But no, the <laughs> gap is more than that. Uh, it's it's a bit more than that. And uh, it, MLS teams have a way to go before they can really, truly close the gap. And that's not just me talking. I mean, I, I was at the Seattle-New York City game last night, and I had a good conversation with both Garth, Garth Lagaway and C. Schmidt. I wrote a piece on Seattle being that could they, you know, writing about how the Sounders could be that team to finally break the Champions League drought for MLS. And in talking to both those, both those guys, they both acknowledge 
that you know it, there's still a gap and, there, and 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 a lot has to still go your way as an MLS team. You still need some luck, and these guys should know, right? I mean, Lagerway helped Real Salt Lake get to the Champions League final in 2011. Siggy Schmidt won a Champions Cup with the Galaxy, and he actually came within a goal uh, of getting to the final against Santos Laguna back in 2013. So these guys know, um, and the so there's still a, there's still a gap there, no question about it. Um, but you hope now that Montreal's run. Uh, inspires these MLS teams to start taking it a bit more seriously. And I know Siggy Schmidt will defend his track record as always having taken it seriously, but you can't say the same for everybody. Hopefully all the teams, all the MLS teams take it seriously this time around and you can see a better overall performance in the competition. Yeah, I agree. You know, it was was a fantastic run for Montreal. My only thing is now reality check, as you said, reality checks in and they're last in the standings for Major League Soccer this year. So, (laughs) Hey, listen. It's, they've only played four games. I would not rule them out of being a uh, of a team that and I, that turns things around. And I actually re-listened to our, our Eastern Conference preview, and I said the same thing, and I stand by it. I think they're a team that could end up being a, a real surprise. And you saw the qualities in that run. You even saw the qualities in that final in the first half against Club America. We have Piatti playing out, outstanding. Their defense is clearly better than it was uh, yeah, the first half aside. I mean, they did have some injuries. Um, Andres Romero looks good. Uh, they're going to be, I tell you what, they're going to be a handful. They're, they're, they're a team, uh, you know, I, I know most would peg them for last place in the East. I'm not ready to do that. I think they're going to surprise people. A few other things, Ivis, quickly before we uh, wrap up the uh, today's SBI show. Americans Abroad, Brad Guzon has been benched, cause for concern in Aston Villa. Well, obviously he had a he had a tough, tough uh, <laughs> mistake that he made recently. Uh, and then you have Shea Given, who's been excellent in the FA Cup run for Aston Villa. So it's kind of a uh, unfortunate uh, timing for, for Guzan that that when he has a bit of a slip up, she given haps, happens to actually be playing really well. Uh, am I worried about it long term? No, I, I mean you don't worry too much for Guzan. Guzan's a very good goalkeeper. He'll be fine. Um, might he sit the rest of this the, the, the rema- remaining games? That's entirely possible. But I think by this time next year, I think he'll be fine. Also uh, on the. Uh Americans, not just the abroad front, but the U.S. national team. The U-20 roster uh, announcement will come later this week. Uh, Ivis, if you, if you want all the latest updates, you can go to sbssoccer.com. But quickly, though, um, I mean, any names that we should become familiar with before the roster comes out this week? Uh, we get, we can touch on that on the next show. Okay, but I think people who, saw, people who saw U-20 qualifying, uh, I think they know who the stars are. It works for me. All right, Ivis. Well, that wraps up today's SBI show. Anything else before I let you go? No, that's it, man. Uh, I think I think we covered everything. Uh, uh, I, I don't know if anyone has gotten to this part of the show after after that way too long rant on on, on MLS and mm. and salaries. No, but it's good stuff. I mean, I think uh, I agree with. I, I think MLS is growing and 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 the quality is getting better. Uh, just I just want to point that out that I, don't, I I'm not sitting here among the people who thinks MLS is is falling apart or is or is a joke or any of that. I, I think MLS is doing really well. I think they, they're they're moving along. I just think this ownership, this this group of owners could definitely be doing a bit more. I know they'll argue that till, till they're blue in the face, but I think they're I think they're holding the league back a bit. I think they could loosen the purse strings a bit more. No, I agree 100. percent All right, Ivis. Well, with that said, I will uh, I'll let you go for the day. We'll touch back later this week and uh, enjoy your week, man. You too, man. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for the views, the comments, and everything you do. That is Ivis Galarsep. I am Garrett Cleverly. This is the SBI Show.